Let's go. All right. Welcome back, y'all. Mm. This is <laughs> episode 64. Hello, 64. And hi, this hi. is, it is, what day is it? May 20 something. This is May 26. So we are officially over two months in quarantine. Well, over two months. I know that places like Ohio have started to open back up, but I'm following my own rules. So over two months in quarantine for me. <laughs> As for me and my house, yes, I will stay inside. Stay inside. A house. Mm-hmm. Um, that is just nuts to me. I just feel like the world is opening up. Uh-oh. One, hey y'all, this is Kiana. Right, hey y'all, y'all know who it is. Here yeah. <laughs> <Here> you go, Courtney. <laughs> I love it, but no, I just feel like um, right now the world—well, not the world. Let me not say that because that's ignorant of me to say. Because the world is not the United States. The very small population of people amongst the world that are acting and complete ass. But everybody has resumed life as normal. Like the pandemic ain't happening. What's going on, Courtney? I'm so frustrated <laughs> with people. I don't, I don't get it. And their stupidity. <clears throat> it's their stupidity, stupidity their, um, them being apathetic. Um lack of care for others, all of it. Here's my thing. And I'm just going <clears> to <throat> say that on that. And that <laughs> um, you can move freely. I think that now we can move freely, but being conscious of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that people's space should be respected. I think that health is a priority. I think that we know a lot more than we did before, which is giving people the opportunity to be out and probably just feel a little bit more, a little bit safer being mobile. But my niggas, y'all out here with no mask. What's up? Talk to me. What's up? All of it. So I agree with you. Like, I understand people because I think I've gotten to a point even for myself where I'm starting to forget that we're in a pandemic and this feels like the new normal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I quickly remind myself, like, for me, I don't want to loosen up on mm-hmm. any of those um, precautions that we've been taking. So <clears throat> I, 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 too, do not understand it to see people out here without and that's what I mean by lack of care being apathetic like because I understand wanting to be out I understand wanting to move more freely trust me I get it for me it's not about returning back to work it's about like I can't see my friends and loved ones Mm -hmm. the way that I freely want to but I know that I'm making a conscious decision not to to protect them and myself Right. Excuse me. So while all of y'all are still moving around and just because you go outside and gather (laughs) does not mean that that's still okay when you're not maintaining social distance guidelines Mm -hmm. and not wearing masks or anything like that. Like picnics in the park and you laid up with each other with people that you haven't been connected with in some time and then you all go back to your homes or your loved ones like I don't understand it and I'm not saying it from a judgmental way I'm saying it true like I don't I'm trying to understand the other side of it outside of you know wanting to be able to more freely move now because you know we feel like it's a little it's a little safer to do so I, I just truly do not understand it. So maybe we need to have somebody on who feels a little bit more I literally comfortable. was about to say, let's walk on them on the show. Let, let <clears> me <throat> tell you right now, let me just say this, guys. We will get into more of this during the and during the episode, but I'm not in Nashville. Um, but where I am right now, they acting like ain't nothing happened. Really? Nothing. And Actually, just, I had a lot of colleagues say that we were on a call this morning, and they're the same way. Like, my boss has a house, middle best. You said what? No, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I'm telling people. Like, back up, back, back. Yeah, back, back. 
I need 50 feet. There's a mask out there. Shout out to Message in a Bottle that says, give me 50 feet. Um, I need it. Love that mask. I need it. Love that mask. Because I'm going to be wearing that into 2021. (laughs) I'm wearing that forever. That's the the forever mask. That is just something that you just have to put up because that's just the energy that I'm on right now because I I just feel like... I can't remember if we said this on the show or if we were just on the phone, but... I told you this before, like the stickers that are on the ground at Chipotle and the bank and CVS and all of that, they need to stay because I don't understand why y'all be standing so close to me anyway. This was pre-pandemic. Y'all too close. Big facts. So I can feel you breathing. <laughs> so we're still in quarantine, but we are good. Yeah, we're good. Highly favored. We're glad to be back with y'all. So let's jump into passing the mimosa. Let's just do it. Let's do it. And then we'll um we'll go into our affirmation. We'll do a quick recap and then get into all the goodness that I know was getting ready to come from this this these topics um in this I have episode. To say. You said what? I said yes, I have things to say. Yes. So what you drinking? Right now Are you drinking? I am drinking propel. Um <clears throat> I'm keeping it classy. I and not to say that any other drink is any less classy, but I am on this wave of classiness because I need to keep this skin up because I'm not trying to wear makeup no time soon. And I'm also not trying to spend money on makeup anytime soon. The only money that I would like to spend right now would be on like brows and just other things, but not any foundation. Like I'm about to get this glow right. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm on. What are you drinking? I am drinking water. Okay. Um, so that's it. But I'm also currently eating me a little pudding cup. <laughs> he is. And it looks good, y'all. I'm a little jealous. I love pudding. So this is like a nice, because I'm more of a savory person than a sweets person. But when I do need something sweet, so like I've been eating like all the chowder snacks lately. So yes. I have my little applesauce cups. I just been eating, yep. And I have my little pudding cups and I eat my pudding cups the same way that I did when I was a kid. I have to eat it layer by layer. Um, so I'm thoroughly enjoying that right now. This is my snack before we start the show. I love it. I love it. And it's, a, it's your snack during the show. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I love it because I love pudding and I love, you know me, I have to keep my applesauce in the house. Um, that's been one of my favorite quarantine snacks. I go through these rotation of snacks. It's usually pudding, um, applesauce, and popcorn. I apologize if y'all hear me scraping the bottom of this. You get into it. I mean, it's no more. It's gone. It's gone, but it was good. It looked good. Um, It was something else I was going to say about that, but I forgot, so we'll move on. (laughs) All right, let's move on. (laughs) What affirmation do you have for us today? So, I have an affirmation, and it is... I affirm that I am who God called me to be. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's good. So, I thought that would be fitting for today's episode. Um, if you want, Courtney... I can give a recap of the last episode and this episode. I remember last episode vividly. This is one of the things that I don't do well and just recap the last episode, but this is one that I know. So you, you know what I mean? about it? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So we can just do that. So the last, on the last episode, we had our good friend, Jerome. Jerome is never forgettable, which is why I was like, I can recap this. You can never forget when you spend time with Jerome. So Jerome came on the show Talked about financial wellness, financial security, budgeting, all of those good things. His road to accounting, um, his road to getting his finances in order, because we found out that those can be two very different things. Um, So it was really cool to talk to Jerome. I had a good time. Uh, I appreciated Jerome coming on the show. It It felt like just friends coming together, which we are, but it's nice because you miss your people. I miss my people right now. Mm. Oh, yeah. How was last episode for you? It was good. I, I feel like you recapped it well. I really don't have anything to add. I think it was an episode that others enjoyed, too. 
Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you didn't go back and listen to that one, go back. We talk about all things about getting your coin and keeping your coin um, and giving tips out just in terms of our journey. And I think it's just a really important conversation to have, especially, I think, for those that are even just a few years younger than us. Um, because it was it was definitely one of those moments of like if you could go back and tell your younger self you know but also it spoke to the realness of who we were and what we were doing in our 20s in our college years um so blowing refund checks honey mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but in all honesty i i don't know that i would have it any other way like i learned a lot of lessons through that and i'm just grateful for the point that i'm at now financially so yeah thank god for it you know our stories are our stories but if i could have fixed it a little bit more i should have (laughs) (laughs) that's all i'm gonna say i do i do wish that i would have done things a little bit differently but at the end of the day it all played out exactly how it was to play how it was supposed to play out for that moment that we had last week you know so yeah. I guess the dollars were not in vain you said what I, guess, I said i guess the dollars were not in vain oh yeah no so, yes. not at all so yeah but i chose today's affirmation um for this episode <clears throat> i affirm that i am who god says i am because I think that right now, um, at this point, we're in the quarantine and it's real. At this point, it's our lives. This is what our lives look like at the moment. And and not even during the quarantine, because most of us aren't quarantined anymore. I guess now we're just in the 2020 pandemic. We could just call it the pandemic. Yeah. But, um, you know, a lot of people are still pressing forward and working at home and still dealing with a lot of real life. I know that I am. And I know that recently I hit a wall. I knew that I hit a wall. And um, I think that a lot of what we talk about really comes with a psychological effect. And Courtney and I, we always talk about the fact that we like to name things. When we give things names, it it has a meaning and you're able to really um, not diagnose, but you're just able to label whatever it is that's happening. And humans, we like labels. So well, I call it defining what it is because I feel like you define when you can when you can define something, you're better able to understand what it is that you're going through, and then also how to navigate it. You're right; it's a definition. But we wanted to talk about imposter syndrome, and I guess before we start, for those who are not familiar with imposter syndrome, um, imposter syndrome. Here's the definition: is Imposter syndrome is also known as imposter phenomenon, um, fraud syndrome, or the imposter experience. It's a psychological pattern which one doubts one's accomplishments and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. Um, And I think that especially a lot of people of color can attest to these experiences because we often go into spaces and now our own homes and still work with people who know surface level things about us yet they were invited into our, our homes. Um, and it feels like at any moment, you know, that these parts, these very private parts, and especially all of the things that we're experiencing as people of color during a global pandemic, it all feels like it's just, it's, it's all together. And it always has been together, which is the craziest thing. But, um, now it feels like it's all in one room because it is. So I thought that we could talk about it, Court. Yeah. Tell us more. You know, I think that it was a combination of a lot of things. I guess I could just speak to my own experience with imposter syndrome over this experience. I think it was a combination of a lot of things. I think that it was really accepting the fact that I wasn't able to perform at my normal capacity um, and accepting the fact that it was okay not to because mm-hmm. of what we were experiencing. I think that that was the core of it being like, I don't understand why I'm not working as hard as I was. And I was working 14 hour days in London when I was, you know, on trains and hopping, you know, things like that. And really grasping with the fact that, you know, I'm not only working eight plus hours, but I'm working during a very trying time. We're consuming a lot of different things <coughs> and 
there's a lot happening outside of these four walls, you know, mm-hmm. that I'm in. And I think that once that starts to happen, you start to fixate, you start to roommate. And as for me, we, we talk openly here, you know, I have a best thing. We talk about anxiety and a little bit of depression and things like that. And those things are factors. How your mental state is, is a factor. And so I think that at that point, I was just like, I'm down who I am. I don't know if I'm supposed to be here. I don't know if I can even do this. And two, my body just was like, and bitch, we can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) So it was a bit of that too. But that's been my experience with it so far. Have you experienced anything like that? At least during this time? And if not, have you, do you know anybody who has? Well, for me, I wouldn't just tie it to um, this pandemic. I think imposter syndrome has been a topic of conversation for some time. And I think it's important Mm -hmm. to recognize and acknowledge that it doesn't only show up in the workplace or in people's careers. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's a lot of times where we feel it because that's where Mm -hmm. we're feeling a lot of the pressure as um, black people striving. Mm -hmm. Um, But you could, you could be in those positions with, um, with your friendships, with your family, Mm -hmm. in your relationships, like, Oh my gosh, what if they find me out? Like, you know, I even think about it in a relationship or friendship um, situation where it's just like, what if they realize I am not the strong person that they think I am? What if mm-hmm. they realize that, um, you know, I don't have it all together? What yeah. if, you know, for some reason, you know, my partner, you know, what if I do this one thing and then my partner realizes, like, I'm not this perfect <laughs> being right um and so i think it's important to note that it shows up in a lot of different places almost like gaslighting where gaslighting doesn't just show up in a relationship it can show up or i should say in a romantic relationship gaslighting can show up at work too gaslighting can show up um in your relationships with your brother your cousin you know what i mean whoever it knows no bounds <laughs> you know is my point and so I think during this time it is just like everything else it is very much so heightened um because we're even more so like you would think that because we are a culture and a society of always being on that when something like this that truly required us to sit and slow down that we felt like that was the move to make but that wasn't the case for a lot of people right it increased even more like putting these expectations on ourselves that because I'm home because I'm not traveling because I don't have meetings and happy hours and Mm -hmm. and board meetings or having to go see family um I should be able to get all this work done right and that's not the case and having this thought that the expectation is for you to get all of this work done um and and productivity should just skyrocket through the roof it's not the case by any means um so to answer your question specifically absolutely I know people that have struggled with imposter syndrome um I don't think that I have fully. Um, I gave an example I've, I've mentioned on here before. I'm doing a leadership program. Um, and I get, I shared this example with my cohort where it was less about imposter syndrome. I wasn't necessarily doubting why I was there. Um, I think I've shared here before, too, yeah. back in 2018, that I was asked to join the leadership team of my organization. Yeah. Um, and so let's clap, clap, y'all. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so at some point in 2019, you know, I got to a place of and I like I said, I can't remember if I shared this um, with you and with the show or not, but I got to a place of feeling like a token. Mm. And so I shared that with my boss, who was a white woman. I was just like, I don't know how it came up. That's just kind of how the conversation was going. It wasn't like I sought her out and I was like, I feel like a token. It was just like a timely conversation. Um, I was like, I feel like a token. And, you know, I know, I know I'm here. And while that was very frustrating for me to know that I was in that place, it was like, I have a seat at the table, though. 
Right. And so at some point it had to click and turn around for me to say, um, but you're there. Like, forget, (laughs) forget, you know, why they may have put you there. Again, it wasn't, I know that I'm very confident and know that it wasn't just a token, right? right? I know why I'm there. Like, part of it is y'all want me to do what y'all can't do, which y'all won't do. And so that's absolutely fine. I own that and I'll do it and I'll do Mm -hmm. it well. Um, But it took that switch to flip for me to be able to own it and not only sit at the table, but eat. And so that's, that's probably the biggest thing. And it was, it was really affirming for me. I was listening to um, Lovey's podcast. Now I can't think of the name of it for some reason, but she Mm -hmm. had um, Courtney Kemp on. Okay. From uh, Power. She's the creator of Power. And she pretty much was saying the exact same thing. She gave me words to put to how I felt about my situation, you know, about sitting at the table and eating. And she was just like, because Lovey had asked her that, like, did you ever struggle with imposter syndrome? And she was like, no. Like, anytime somebody challenged me, like, if you doubted me, okay, that just gave me more ammunition to do what I did and, you know, what I needed to do. And she was like, excuse my language. Fuck, fuck why y'all got me at the table. Right. Like, I'm going to just do what I came to do. (laughs) Like, I don't I don't care why you put me here. Like and being very aware that a lot of times she was picked and selected because she was a double minority. I'm a black woman. I know I feel a gap for you, but I'm going to go throw this thing, blow this thing out the water Mm -hmm. regardless. And so I think sometimes about imposter syndrome, I think we always at some point we're going to find ourselves there. Right. Whether it's at work, like I said, whether it's out of, in a relationship, we're all going to find ourselves in that position at some point. But it's really about checking it for yourself and how do you pivot? We've talked about pivoting to Let make sure it. that you're in this space of switching from proving and having to prove yourself and just improving yourself to fit yeah. the situation. And you know what? And, and we will always be there as long as the world truly reflects us as a minority. And especially if this country keeps reflecting us as a minority. Because also, I do want to say that it is our job to pivot, you know, once you get into those situations. But let it be known, these situations were not created by us. No. They weren't. Um, you know, it's a byproduct of your your organization, your environment, whatever it is that looks foreign to you, something that you haven't necessarily gotten comfortable with or, you know, see a lot of you represented. Mm -hmm. You know, that is a byproduct. I mean, imposter syndrome can be a byproduct of that. But I did want to ask you this question. And I spoke about, you know, imposter syndrome in terms of work and what I'm experiencing right now. But one of the good points that you made was that imposter syndrome can show its face in other facets of your life. Mm-hmm. And what are the areas of your life do you feel like, if not at work, you've experienced imposter syndrome, but where have you ex- experienced imposter syndrome in other areas? Um, I would say, I thought I had an example, but then it like drifted. <laughs> um, and I ain't even drinking. Um, I ain't drinking. I ain't drinking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do, y'all. That's what we do on no, the. No, first off, let me just say: Have you listened to the read before you answer that? I haven't. I haven't listened to the read in a while. You don't even have to listen to the whole episode, but if you listen to the most recent episode, Kid Fury, if you ever listen to us, listen to me now, friend, because I call you friend. <laughs> he opened the show, you know, he has like, you know, he opens mm-hmm. up the show with like different songs and things mm-hmm. like that. And he opened up the show, oh girl, she's the one I have brought up. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Fury, like, listen, I love you. If we can get you on this show, if we can get right a snippet of that as intro, like, sir, we will keep you on payroll. I need it. <laughs> Man, what? That's exactly what I was thinking. Like, how do we get that voice 
a, a clip of that awesome. and insert that <clears throat> somewhere in the show. About him. But back to the question. I'm sorry. Yes. I just had to no, that that's okay. That's well. okay because that was giving me time to think. Um, I guess if I if we talk about the definition of imposter syndrome, I actually may need you to read it to me one more time. Um, I got you. I'm really thinking right. about it's a it. psychological pattern in which one doubts one's accomplishments and has a persistent internalization. Sorry, and it's a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. And you know how you said that it can show up in like yeah. relationships and friendships. <clears throat> I definitely think it's um, for me. It has shown up in, I would say, in friendships. It. I, I struggle with this because I feel like I feel like people know what they get with me, right? <laughs> like <Yeah. clears throat> so it's no it's no sugarcoating around that. But I do feel like I have had moments of um of that in friendships or indefinitely in relationships. And so I'll explain probably more so on the relationship side. Um, but I think it all is just mostly around this idea of being strong, like consistently, mm-hmm. impeccably yeah. being strong. Um, but I'll speak, like I said, I'll speak to it more on the relationship side. I, I'm a very, I'm a very independent woman, but not in the cliche sense. In the in the sense of, well, okay, maybe it is cliche sense but like (laughs) we we always have to figure it out yeah we always have to figure it out and not because not because we necessarily want to but but because we have to it it depends on you know depends on what's, what's got you smiling absolutely nothing it's absolutely it was a joke it's a joke Y'all, Courtney's in my text message. Yeah, I Courtney, am. Don't, don't do this on the show. I am, because y'all should have seen the way. And I shouldn't be text messaging in the first place. Y'all got my undivided. Um, This is new. So we're going to pick... What the So yes, I am all in in um, Kiana's text messages because y'all should have seen the way that she was smiling over there. But I'm gonna go ahead and mind my business um, and save that <laughs> for another time. That's my business. Because that's your business. That's yeah. my business. <laughs> but I'm gonna tell you later, girl. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no. So yes, in relationships, um, I just I just feel like we're a very innovative people. Um, we get things done. And so just even as a single woman, that's that's my approach to some things. And so I never want to I never want to be perceived as, oh, excuse me, this is what we're doing. I never want to be perceived as incapable when it comes to a relationship and not in the sense of like um, I'm expected to do it all. Got you. Um but that's 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 a hard place to be sometimes when you have had to build a life of doing it all. So in a relationship, it's like I never want to feel incapable. Like I don't want to feel like I won't. I don't want you to feel like I need you and like I can't do anything. <laughs> Y'all, without I you. Stop it. You I'm said trying what? to find a charger, and Courtney is just like she's not making this easy. I'm trying to be quiet, but Courtney, ain't how am it I not making it easy? Laughing, Kiana, you're making faces, and I'm trying to like finish my thought. We probably should have just paused, <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay. okay. We good, so I couldn't focus. Anyway, so that's that's pretty I much <laughs> that's pretty much what it what it has been for me, and it's never been like the entirety of a relationship but just yeah. like these moments of not wanting to feel incapable or enough yeah I, and you i know, think that's the basis of it really in any situation whether it's a relationship career friendship you want to be enough for whatever whatever the situation calls for no you are absolutely right and i think that a lot of people can relate to that because I was just having this conversation with somebody yesterday about Molly 
um, on Insecure. I don't know if you've seen the last episode. I haven't seen the last two. Nope. Okay. Um, well, I won't tell you anything about that, but just about having, you know, insecurity about being strong. You know, I think that we can just talk about Molly in general, that she has very strong characteristics on the show. And it's really hard for her to be vulnerable this season because that would defy what that, you know, her job and how she is with her family. It seems like she's very strong and stern. And so it just, it feels like she has to let down that trope. And I'm, I too can relate to that. So I feel you. Thank you for sharing that with me and with us. You are so funny, yeah, girl. It wasn't that <laughs> deep. But and I am I'm, I'm I don't mean story. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't mean to minimize it. I say that because I hope people know and understand that that is so common. Like that's not right. this is not a this is not something new. Like in and, and if you say that you have never experienced that you're lying to yourself and I encourage you and this ain't to be shady, but I really encourage you to kind of think through some of that and process that because we've all had those moments of wanting to be like, all right, am I good enough for this? Right. And, and they, they could be fleeting moments um, or they could be there for a while. They could come in and out. And you know what? One of the best ways to figure out what's going on with you is oftentimes to look at how you perceive other people because that's your mirror. Mm-hmm. So if you perceive that you're not good enough, maybe you're looking at other people like they're not good enough. They're not trying. You know what I mean? Like you are often the things that you want most from people. I always tell them, like, give it and then you and then you'll probably get it because you probably the thing that you're asking for is probably the thing that you're not putting out into the world either. Right. So it's not going to return back to you. Right. Um, so, yeah, yeah, but that's that's a good one. I think that that's a good one. When you said that, when you said relationships and friendships, um, one of the things that jumped out outside of work was friendships too. And just, um, I was talking to my therapist about this and we were talking about um, just me being vulnerable with my friends and letting them know like if I needed help and things like that. And I think that I started to become better with that over time or at least giving people like a heads up to be like hey think I may need some assistance in the future mm-hmm. um, but try to be cognizant of that to let my friends know because they're not with me every day I think you know college had put us in an environment where we thought that we would be around our friends or live as closely with our friends for the rest of our lives and, and that's not the case they don't know all, they won't always know what's going on with you um, even your friends from high school, if you're a transplant, you know, we're transplants, you're living in the city and, you know, your friends aren't near you. They don't know what's going on with you unless you let them into your world, unless you tell them what's going on with you. And, you know, it's important. And I think it's important for women and women, especially women of color, especially black women. The stats are real. We are the um, number one entrepreneurs. You know, we're the high, highest educated. We are earning a lot more money. We're in positions of power that we've never been in before. And I just think that, you know, a good good people to lean on right now are your friends, especially if you, and I think one of the benefits of being single is that I do go to my friends versus putting it on a, all on my romantic partner or, you know, my the person that I'm with. So mm-hmm. if you could try to, you know, lean on your tribe, lean on your people, I think that that's important right now. I have to say something because um, I feel like a lot of times we talk about like what we want out of the other side of the dynamic. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to share this. I think it's really important that people take this and listen to it is um, create the space that you say you want, because Mm -hmm. I guarantee you that when you create the space, you will receive it back tenfold. So if you're like, you know, I, and this doesn't necessarily have anything to do with imposter syndrome. So it's a little bit of a, ramble but um it was just something that you said about you know needing to be able to express to your friends like you know I need support I need this I need that or whatever and I was going to say like you have to feel like you're in a space where you can that you know where you feel safe enough to do that but to your point about being a mirror you are going to get everything that you put out so if you're not creating the space for others Nobody's going to create that space for you. And that's about that's about anything. If you want if you want friends to come to you, 
Um, or if you want to be able to go to friends about advice, if you want to be able to, if you want um, somebody to be able to respect your opinion, think about what you're doing or what you're not doing. Because if you're not getting that, that's because you're not giving it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really important that you create that space. And, I, and it was, <clears throat> it's one of my friendships that has taught me that. And not that I feel like I've ever created a negative space. But I have a um, one friendship in particular where, where she does certain things that it has encouraged me to be a better friend to friends that I've been friends with for ages and years where it's just like she just so naturally and so effortlessly does it. Um, and it in turn made me want to be more intentional about the space that I was creating for others. And then after doing that, I got so much more back. Yeah. Like my yeah. friendship started to look different and I started to get things that I didn't even know I needed. Mm. So create that space, y'all. Um, yes. And I think things like imposter syndrome can be a little easier to navigate because you have the space to do so. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Because I think that, like you said, you know, we do feel the, our 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 environments sometimes reflect. I don't know what just happened. Nothing. Um, the the our environment sometimes reflect that. So, but we do have those those experiences. The goal is not to is not to alleviate you know the problem completely. The goal is to make yourself better every time you experience. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's going to keep coming up. Unfortunately. And we live in a, not a world, but we live in a society and we live in the United States of America. And I think that we just really have to be gentle with ourselves and know that these are experiences that were brought upon, you know, by ourselves or by, you know, they aren't, they these are generational curses that have been passed down from our history. It really is. And I just think that it's going to take a lot of dismantling, not only for us, but dismantling, you know, for anyone else who calls themselves, you know, an ally as well, because it really causes everybody to do the work to try to dismantle the system that, mm-hmm. you know, brought up in. And so um, it's really going to take all of us to do the work. But one of the things that I can say about, experiencing imposter syndrome in the workplace is that I'm grateful for a a supportive boss. Um, I'm grateful for supportive leadership who, you know, cares about my experiences and and about my mental well-being and and really not only, um, because I don't need them to validate my experiences, but honor the fact of what I'm telling them. You know Mm -hmm. what I, I mean? Like, I'm just grateful that I have that. And I think that one of the things that I did experience in my last position was an opportunity to be transparent, an opportunity to have, you know, that level of sentiment to care about that aspect of my life. And I think that, you know, employers during this time, it's important that they do. And if you can talk to whomever you are working with, working for, just speak up. That's one of the things that I wish somebody just would have told me, just like, say, hey, so it's all right. Mm-hmm. So you need some time. I'll say that mentally, you're just not there. And, if you're experiencing imposter syndrome or any of the other byproducts of it, um, it's important because that matters. Your mental space matters. You matter. Yep. We all do. Um, okay. I don't have anything else. Don't worry. It ain't nothing. Um, I was about to say, look how quickly them tables turn, baby. Courtney was over there. She, she was smirking. Was I? Was I really? I saw you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't have anything else to add on that topic. And um, we spent, um, it feels like we spent a considerable amount of time on that, but just know we could probably speak on that for, for some time, just what that's like. But in light of um, something that I think we do well, is not only highlighting the we'll call them the red flags but we also highlight the green flags and so with that being said I think this is a good space for us to transition to the next topic and talk about um what you brought up in terms of you know just that permission to dream 
Um, yeah. So I'll let you kick that off. But I think I think it's a, it's an important. I think it's important for us to always address some of these things that feel like weights with with ways we can offer or start to build relief for ourselves. So that's, I think so too. That's where this is going. It's getting healthy. Yeah. It's always healthy. But anyway, um, what really sparked this conversation though, Courtney, it was actually a conversation between Mark and I. And I okay. actually I haven't asked Mark if it was okay if I told anybody about yeah, it. Yeah, dang, you just threw his name out there. Don't worry. Sorry, I, I'm y'all, y'all know. Y'all, <coughs> we have you know lots of Marks. They don't know. But anyway, um, it was it was a conversation between our friend Mark and I. And Mark said something that was very profound to me. And he really, we really talked about the concept of dreaming and about, you know, really visualizing what our futures could have been and, and, and or lack thereof, or even having a space to do so. But one of the things that I love about dreaming is manifestation and loving the opportunity to explore, you know, your imagination as an adult. I think that a lot of times, we can get stifled into that everyday routine that we picked up while they tell us not to grow up and, you know, become adults. And I think that we are all still those kids. We're still those same people and we still have those same imaginations as we had before. And I just think that it's really time for blacks, people of color, for anybody who has not had a dream, you know, to possibly give yourself permission to start dreaming because it's something that you can tap into. So I just want to talk about, dreams and what how how you experience dreams and because they can all be perceived differently like i said manifestation can be different from sleeping dreams and things like that so just wanted to talk about the concept of dreaming literally dreaming or they can be both okay no i was just curious because if we're talking about like when i'm sleep dreams or the visuality of dreaming just I think they're one and the same. I think they're just different ways of dreaming. Hmm. I don't know that I agree with that for me, but I could see how that would be the case for some. Um, so the concept of dreaming is so funny because I'm about to do a shameless plug. Um, I actually spoke about this on a podcast with my homegirl. Um, she asked me to, um, be a guest on her podcast and she titled it based off of the conversation that I was having with her. Um, she titled it permission to dream. And so to give a little context for that, um, really what it came down to was, I can't remember at like at what point or what part of my story I was sharing with her, but essentially I had just shared with her that I, I don't know that I ever really considered myself a dreamer. I feel like I'll give you an example. I feel like people often talk about, you know, all little girls dream of their wedding day and da 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 da, and they fantasize about this or that. And I'm like, they don't. And I wish we would stop putting that out there to people. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that, but I mm-hmm. think we have a tendency to um, generalize right. dreams for everybody and that's not the case you know what I mean because everybody's experience is different and I think that's your point of this topic is that we have to give ourselves permission to dream because um, especially for us people of color and black people in America specifically we were not always afforded that luxury Mm -hmm. Um, and so for me it kind of hit me I can't remember how old I was but I remember sharing with my friend on the show that um, it was my nephew who had encouraged me. He didn't, he wasn't like intentionally doing it, but he had encouraged me to dream. And so at this point I was a grown woman. Um, and yeah. I just remember him being like, you know, that's him saying something about something that I have recently accomplished or something like that. He was like, you had a vision, you put your mind to it and you didn't. I was like, dag, I really didn't. And he was like, dag, imagine what would have happened if you, did like if this something was if this was something that you had dreamed about or whatever and I had never thought about it and I was like I felt like he was one of the first people to give me the permission to dream like you have all the space and opportunity to have anything that you want and so I think it's something that we don't do enough for ourselves I think we do it in some ways because 
you know, we do the vision boards um, and whatnot. So I'm a little... Uh, no dry? No, a little uh gassy ain't the word, but I got a lot of I got a lot of air and bubbles right here, so I'm trying not to burn. Clear it out. I know. Um away from the mic though, just clear it out. You <laughs> shut up. But, <laughs> but so to your point, yeah, I think I think it's such an important topic because I think that's part of the reason why we end up with that imposter syndrome. Because we haven't allowed ourselves to dream and just think that really anything out there can be ours because we have been told and we have been labeled that we are so limited. Yeah. Um, But I think it's something to be said about that manifestation and the power of the tongue. And so I know it's something for me that I'm very um, mindful of. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, I just don't, because to me, that's part of dreaming. Like, I just don't speak certain things over my life. They could be big or small. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> I remember one yeah. time I got so mad at a coworker and he was like, um, he said something about my car breaking down. And that wasn't like, I wasn't the person whose car broke down. I was like, why would you say that about me? Don't you put that on my life? Like, that wasn't me. Um because I'm just so mindful of, like I said, the power of the tongue. Like that ain't got nothing to do with me. That's that's not something that I want over my life. <laughs> and yeah. I was riding a you know a little older car at the time, but I think I think it's important for us to be mindful of what we say and what we put over our lives. Um, with that long winded response, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. How do you? What does dreaming look like for you? Like. Mm-hmm. like when you're at your freest of dreaming so what let does me that start look like for you this. um this may not mean much to a lot of people who may not follow these same i don't even know what to say it but this like the lifestyle that i do um, but i've always known i've always been a dreamer i'm a pisces i live in my imagination um that's really how I just survived, making everything better than what it's supposed to be. Um, and I think it's true. <laughs> and Courtney, when I say that, you can probably adapt that to a lot of different things and that I really just will dramatize everything because I, I do. That's I live in a dream world. That's, that's who I am. But I think that the way that I dream is I feel like now, kind of like what you said, one of the things I think that was important that you said is that, you know, you felt like black people haven't had the permission to dream. And I challenge that in saying that we've always been able to dream. We just haven't always been able to share them because I, I think that our ancestors had dreams. I think that they had visions yeah. of home. I think that they were powerful beyond their own imagination, dreaming stuff that they probably could have never seen and the and taking and they, they only had to be because they, they would not have walked to freedom. They would not That's have what I was gonna say, that's how we're here now. Not had dreams. And so I think that our dreams we've always had the ability to dream. We haven't always had the luxury of sharing our dreams or watching those dreams come to fruition in the same lifetime that we had and we knew that we would have to make sacrifices and that we don't know when but eventually the dream would happen you Mm -hmm. know what I mean so I think that no I absolutely agree with that yeah I think that we've always dreamt I just don't think that our dreams ever matter to other people Mm -hmm. and I think that for a long time our dreams have always been challenged because we've never been able to be vocal about them in ways that we should have and own them and our dreams honestly have been stolen so let's just say that as well so a lot of the things that we've dreamt of we have been dreaming they have not been giving us the credit for our dreams mm-hmm. and what they manifested into today everything that we touch and breathe and we walk upon is a dream that our ancestors ancestors created in this country so we are walking in a dream at this very moment I truly believe but I also think that I choose the way that I dream. I think that you and some of them I would like to tap into, but I haven't been able to. So, for instance, I think that you can dream in your sleep. I'm not a good. I'm not a very. Everyone dreams for one. Everybody mm-hmm. dreams every night. But I am not one of those people who can easily recall their dreams, their their visions, and their sleep. But one of the ways that I do like to dream is I like to manifest. Um, I like to envision. I like to 
I think you can have verbal dreams. Like when you said that, like speaking life over people, I think that's also a way that you can dream. There's just different ways of getting it out. I think that you can dream through art, through music. I think that there's lots of different things that you can really put a fantasy in and really live in this alternate space within your mind that you that you feel safe and you're able to express yourself. Because I think a lot of times too that dreams are always for other people to understand. Just like we can get a song and we can think it mean one way to us and that person who wrote it can mean something totally different. And that was their dream to put that art into the world. That's how they express themselves. It's their own little language of whatever they So I think that we should tap more into our dreams. I think we should be more vocal about our dreams. I think that we should not let people steer us in the way of thinking that. I think that we were all born dreamers. I think that throughout life, those dreams have just been pushed down by society telling us what we had to be in terms of work, what we had with these, these structures that we had to fall into. But if we were to freely exist, we would be nothing but what we dreamt of mm-hmm. instead of telling us what to do. And I also want to say that, like, dreams don't have to be these um, overzealous, outlandish ideas. Like, they could, and when I say outlandish, I just mean they don't always have to be the, the big idea. Sometimes it is just as simple as, like, I'm trying to look around my room for something materialistic, but, you know, sometimes... It's just as simple as how much weight you want to lose, how much mm-hmm. weight you want to gain. Um, it doesn't always have to be this idea of I'm going to go, I'm going to be the next Jeff Bezos, right? <laughs> like, and that's not to say that that can't be a dream, but sometimes your dreams are your day to day items too like by the end of the week this this is what I hope for and I think that's that's the piece the that's the piece that um about dreams is like you can dream it but you also have to work for it too and so it's like you you putting your action whatever right where you know your words are speak what your words are what your mouth is speaking as well um because I just feel like people, we put this, again, going back to that imposter syndrome piece, I just feel like we put this pressure on ourselves for things that we want. And some of it, I feel like, is about proving, right? Um, but it, it it just doesn't always have to be the big things. It could be the little things, too. We could be just wanting this, you know, this, or it doesn't always have to be the materialistic things, either. Like, it could be about health. It could be about the partner that you have. It could be about the friendships that you have. Like, because for me, that's like one of the things that's most important for me is my peace, the quality of friendships that I have. And so I feel like because I know that that's something so important for me and that's something that I speak over, that's something that I get. You know what I mean? It's something that I manifest because I'm very intentional about what I dream and what I, I what idea I have for my life in that type of area. Um, and don't get me wrong, I want some of the materialistic things too. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it, There's but I think, I, think that you're, it. I think that you're right. Me, I dream more about feeling, because that's mm-hmm. how I usually operate. Feelings, emotions, uh, energy, that's usually my thing. So mm-hmm. if I want to dream about anything, it's usually to bring me back to a certain feeling. Mm-hmm. And also, I think that manifestation could even be your surroundings, like your home decor, the things that yeah. you spend time in, your environments that can create that tranquility where you can ease into dreaming, where you can daydream. When's the last time you just sat there and gazed off and got mm-hmm. lost in your thoughts? Or what your and bank you know, account is looking like. But let me just say this too, because I do think that it's also a privilege to be able to dream. I think it's a privilege to be able to have the mental space to consume something that is fully centered around you. And I think that that's important to talk about too, because a lot of people, at least I can only speak to myself, but I'm single, I live alone. So I have the luxury of quieting my mind whenever I want to. Everybody has life going on. Some people got other humans that they live with, multiple humans that they live with. Some of them not even of age to feed themselves or talk. So having that ability to, not the ability, but having that to quiet that time to be able to dream, it is a gift. But I think that is a gift that we're all given within the 24 hours that we are alive each day. And if you can carve out time for your dreams, I think that not only 
And, I, and, and, and let me not just say dreams are just big picture, like you said, too. They can be small things as if, because I think that small things is when, when life really happens. It could be, you know, for me, I like to dream of the smoothie I'm going to have in the morning. That makes me happy. Or the trees that I'll go see while I'm on my, on my park. I mean, on my walk the park. I'm going to get. Facts. Sis, we always dreaming about Chipotle. Always. So, always. <laughs> Chipotle, sponsor us. So then, um, <laughs> it could be just those things. Just It could be whatever you want it to be. Give yourself permission to decide. Nobody decides but you. That's, that's the whole ownership of it. I would say, you know, um, because to your point about the privilege around dreaming, somebody must be playing some music uh, (laughs) around the privilege about dreaming. And, you know, that's a really good point because, you know, I have the access to that that not everybody has and the luxury that, that not everybody has. But if you're in that space and you feel like you haven't really been able to dream, um, because sometimes you're not dreaming for yourself. You know, there are people out there with kids and with families or that are caring for parents. Like, you're not able to dream for yourself, and that's okay, too. So if you have to yeah. dream for your children, that's that's dreaming still. If you have to dream for the health of your parents, that's dreaming still. But um, I do think it's important to dream for self. And so I challenge people that if you feel like you've been in that space of not really being able to dream Um, That you kind of set some time aside and just take it little by little and maybe write down one dream a week. Or, you know, if you feel so moved, maybe it's one dream a day. But I encourage you to just kind of have that space for yourself where it's just like, what do I want for myself? Like, it's okay to acknowledge that and put that out in the atmosphere and put that out and give it to God because um, that's when things manifest. Right, right. but I think it's important that you do that just because we have to recognize that, like you said, there are a lot of people that are in a space of dreaming for others and the way that they move and the way that they are navigating life for right now is not for themselves. It's mm-hmm. for their partner. Um, or I won't say it's not for themselves, but not only for themselves. Right. Um, and sometimes that's enough, too. It is. And that's OK. And maybe that's absolutely part of your dream. And that is absolutely fine. Um, but if that's something that you want to get to, then write it down. You know, I just had this random thought, but I, I also can, I will also say that I think that praying is a version of dreaming aloud. Absolutely. When you speak faith into things that you have not seen, <laughs> that is a dream. That is faith. Faith is dreaming. So I just encourage you to dig into your faith. Mm-hmm. Well, do you have... um? Anything else to add on that? We're about close to time. Um, oh, I just say that if you're listening to this podcast, I just, I think that, you know, with all the resources that you have, you know, with this phone, with computer, with whatever it is that you have, whatever skill set you've acquired in the last 60 days, in the last 90 years, and it doesn't matter. Whatever you have today is enough. And um, I just challenge you to dream of your wildest dreams and to then go live. On Kiana's note, the last thing that I will add is um, just also know that sometimes your wildest dreams will not be manifested through you. Oh, you know, there was something else that I did want to say. Thank you for saying that, Courtney. One of the reasons that I also want to bring up this topic, and then we really can't wrap it up. I'll be quick. Um, I keep a, I actually keep a sketch of the Disney World castle on my refrigerator. I don't know if you've seen that when mm-hmm. you were there. It's, it's of the castle. Uh, oh, you said the castle. Okay. Yeah, in Disney World. So I, th- I keep that on my refrigerator because I learned about this um, from one of my pastors. And he was telling me about the fact that Walt Disney, even though, you know, Walt Disney has a troubling background. We won't get here. But Walt Disney actually sketched and dreamed out Disney World in that castle and never lived to see it. Mm-hmm. Never lived to see Disney World. And I thought that that was so powerful, the fact that he was literally 
drawing out something that would impact the world, impact his family and different children for generations and generations far beyond him and never saw it. I just think that that just speaks to the power of our dreams. Yeah. And I feel like they're even more powerful that way because sometimes it's not meant for you to carry out. And child, that's a whole nother topic for another day is, you know, just this idea of, God may have given you a vision, but it may have been for you to give to somebody else. Mm. Um, so that's that on that. That's all I'll say on that. That's somebody's word. <laughs> some money on that one. Oh. Okay, just make me your tip at the end of the show, girl. I'm not just joking. <laughs> okay, so that wraps up um, episode 64. Thank you guys as always, as always for joining us. Now we're going to hop into um, our tips and recommendations for brunch spots and or chefs. And then we'll really wrap up the show. What you got for us today, girl? Who are you giving a tip to? I have my tip. I am going to grab my tip, meaning that I'm just tossing through these. um, She looking for it. Through my tabs, y'all. Mm-hmm. I do have my tip. It's um, okay. Take your time. Okay. So my tip of the week actually goes to, it's one tip, but it's two people. Um, this tip is going to a mother and daughter duo who became the first to graduate from medical school at the same time and match at the same hospital. Mm. Yes. And so these this mother and daughter duo, they are from Ghana. Dr. Cynthia Kuchi and her daughter, Dr. Jasmine Kuchi. And I'm just like, listen, that is just bad chick energy, okay? And I need every bit of it. And so I got that from Because of Them We Can't. And I just think that I'm just trying to master that level of excellence with my mama. Mama and daughter are out here winning, and they get a 30% tip for me this week. Go, sisters. Um, okay. What you got? So, I'm trying to decide. Sorry. (laughs) Um, I can't decide. Who did I give last week? Oh, my tip was to the culture last week. Oh, yeah. I remember. I remember. Okay. We're gonna work with this week. Yeah, I wasn't as prepared as I thought I was gonna be. Is it like a toss up between some folks? Yeah, it it is. Listen, I'm just glad it wasn't me in that have multiple. I'm just gonna say that. Proud of you. I didn't even realize that. Proud of you. I've been doing good. Last week you had to. I'm just playing. Okay, let me stop playing. (laughs) There you go. There you go. go. I like it. I like it. I like it. Um, Okay, so this tip is going to go to. I can't get it together. Elaine Walter Wolf and her husband. Um, and I'm really just giving them a tip because of they had a now we went away. They had a there it is a wedding in in the midst of a pandemic. They had a little soup wedding in New York um, okay. and it was so cute. But I'm giving them this tip just because for a couple of reasons. One, I just appreciate the black love that they exude um, Two, I I really enjoy Elaine Wells Roth and just what she stands for. I haven't read her book yet, um, but I know that just because I want to say we're close in age, but just in terms yeah. of like the strides that she has taken throughout her career. Um, and then the other piece about just having this stoop wedding in the midst of a pandemic, but still being very aware and conscious of what was going on. And so respecting those boundaries and all yeah. of that, but really just mostly for them to just exuding that black love. So, um, authentically. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we have been in an age and space that we have been blessed to see and witness so much black love around us. Um, and I just felt like that they were another example of that. I mean, like they got down and kicked it in, yeah. um, I, I saw it. I love it. I masks on. 
all of that. So it gave me very New York slash New Orleans vibes, and I yeah, it was a combination. It. They're in yeah. New York, but it definitely was a combination. It did have um, some New Orleans vibes. So I'll wrap that up, um, and that's my tip. I'm giving them a fifty percent tip. And I'm, on that. I'm sending y'all some virtual um, wedding gifts. Damn. Boom. I don't have a Here. chef this week, but if I you got us. Yes. I do. You. I do. So the chef this week is going to be none other than Chef Devin Gantt. Um, Devin Gantt is by proxy just a friend of the show. He's one of my brothers, so he just has to be a friend of the show. But um, no, Devin is a private chef that you can find down in Florida. Um, so his is. Instagram is D-E-V-O-N underscore G-E-N-T. Then again, if y'all looking for a private chef to come and give y'all the brunch experience of y'all dreams, or maybe you're going back to Florida sometime soon under social distancing, um, and you need a private chef who will also social distance, hit him up. Mm -hmm. Nice. Love it. Kiana's going to drop his details in the description of the show. Y'all can have it. I'll make sure it's on the post when we announce that the show has dropped. We got y'all. Um, Not like Easter right. Ray, but we got y'all. <laughs> we got y'all. Okay. Kiana, hit us with the social media and then we out. You can find us on Instagram at bitches double underscore loves double underscore brunch. You can find us on Facebook at bitches love brunch. That is our Facebook group. Let's get in there and talk chit chat. Um, guys, if you're listening to us, you've made it to the end. Thank you so much. We love y'all. Make sure that you subscribe, follow, rate, review on all your streaming platforms, and we will be back. See y'all in two weeks. Bye.